Hello and welcome to Don't Break the Law. I'm your host Abby Law and I'm here to discuss all things about life as a university student entering the legal industry. Hello everyone, happy Monday, welcome back to another episode, I hope you're all doing well. I'm actually recording this while editing because what I realised is I was going to edit and upload it just like midweek because I missed the Monday upload. I know it's criminal, I can't believe I've done it already, episode 5 and I've already missed a week but I've decided just to leave it and I'm just going to post this on Monday and just skip a week and I felt like the introduction didn't make any sense so I had to re-record it but anyway I am going to just say happy Monday, welcome back to another episode and I'm just going to insert this right at the beginning and carry on with the rest of the episode. I'm recording this on Wednesday morning, which is the morning after my first moot, which obviously, as you can see by the title, is the topic for this week's episode. So I'd planned to record it last night, but I didn't get back in until nearly nine o'clock and I hadn't had dinner. So I need to cook that, eat that and just by that point, I was like, oh my gosh, no, it's way too late to be able to do this. And I'm very much the sort of person to be in bed before 10.30. So... Before I get to the main body of this podcast, I am going to start with songs of the week, and yes, plural, because I couldn't pick one, and then I'll do my weekly rundown. So, songs of the week, I couldn't pick one. I had a really... I sort of started writing a list of songs, I normally would then listen to them all, and then pick the one that I've been listening to the most, but actually, I've been listening to all of these, and they came from my okay well most of them came from my spotify discover weekly so one of them didn't it's just a new release of um this group that i really like so that will that's like my third one so first of all we have 45 by black foxes but foxes has two x's just so you know if you're searching for it i'm not going to give like a little overview of each song so that's the first one anyway move on to the next one so the next one is Patio Paradise by the Zhang Wills, I believe that's how you say it. Yeah, we're going to go with that. Okay, then the third one, which is the new release by this group I really like. So uh, it's called Black and White by Sad Night Dynamite. So Sad Night Dynamite do really good music. I love all of their songs, to be honest. And it's really weird. The music's kind of weird, but I'm kind of drawn to it. Don't know why. And then my final one is Favourite Sin by hmm, how do we pronounce this aria so it's i'm just gonna spell it out just in case you do want to listen to it so it's a r a y a aria i feel like that's aria but anyway they're four of my favorite songs of the past week and yeah they came from my weekly discover so i thought the whole weekly discover i had was really good and i added pretty much every single song onto my playlist so i've just picked the top ones so that i can you know share the good weekly discover with you all um but yeah, definitely go and check those out. So, most of the past week, I've just spent doing my PBL research, as well as lots of reading for the Law and Society module, because that is, it's a really interesting module, it's one of my favourite modules, I think, so far, which I think will definitely change next year when I um, sort of start doing the module that I've actually picked, which is healthcare law. But anyway, with Law and Society, we're looking at legal perspectives, so it's like looking at a legal issue through different lenses and how that alters your view of the legal issue at hand. So one of the ones I found most interesting is like feminism perspective, and I found it interesting to like look at different areas of law and look at different feminist perspectives, because what you kind of think is you have this one idea of feminism, but actually everyone's feminist experience is completely different, because every single person's experience is different, and every single female experience 
experience is different and like how that can really influence how you look at law that's why i'm very much drawn to that but i'm looking at it because we have to write this essay over easter which is three thousand words which is yeah pick a topic from law and society that we've looked at over the whole term and then you look at it through one or more of the legal perspectives so that's why we're doing the legal perspectives last so it's like you look at one of the other ones we've done in the past weeks and then through the eyes of one of these perspectives it's actually quite cool to do uh we have a research proposal due for this friday so i was just doing my reading trying to find out what kind of route i want to go down which I have written my research proposal but it's probably going to change knowing me because I'll probably read something and then really want to change where I'm where I'm going with it but anyway I'll just explain what I'm doing to be honest what I think I'm going to do anyway. So I'm going to do like gender so we did law and gender as one of the main topics through the eyes of feminism but then my thing is I'm really drawn to the concept of intersectionality so that's where oh, I'm gonna sound so nerdy do you know what I'm just gonna embrace it um it's like how each perspective interlinks and like impacts each other um so I've been reading about intersectionality as well as feminism as well as gender and like thinking about how I'm gonna sort of pull them all together that was probably a really bad way of explaining intersectionality actually I'll probably just explain it it's just so for example you can look through the eyes of like race but race is linked to class links to other areas as well so it's kind of how they all link together and how you can't really look at just one isolated which is definitely something I'm gonna bring into my essay because you can't just look at for example feminism as an isolated perspective because you've got race that comes into it and you've got class that comes into it because every single female has a different background as well and different experience like I was saying and that kind of influences it so it's this whole intersectionality of your perspectives. I really sound so nerdy, it's actually a joke but I really like my degree so I'm going to embrace it and yeah so that's kind of what the week's been doing that reading but I've also been reading my book outside of law and listening to some new music hence why there was several songs um they didn't go out this weekend I just made the decision that I had loads of work to get done and I knew that if I went out it was gonna take like a lot of my the next day away which is something I just I was like I just can't I just can't do that so I didn't yeah the work has kind of been the PBL interim research because I didn't do that on Friday because I was a because I normally would start the research on Thursday and Friday evenings but Friday evening was the hustings for the law society uh, like the new committee which I did run for one of the roles but unfortunately I didn't get it but I'm going for a different role uh, which I'll probably talk about in a different episode because I'm not going to go into that now but I'm going for a different role now anyway um but yeah, so I didn't get to start the research, so I was like, I'm going to have to do this over the weekend, which is another big reason why I didn't go out. And last week, I actually put in an application as well to go to this networking dinner kind of thing. Really not very descriptive, but it's at one of the inns in London. So the inns of court is where sort of there's four inns of court and each barrister has to be like party to one and then they have chambers within those inns. And that's sort of where you practice um, as a barrister. So getting it, you have to you have to be part of one of the inns so if I can get to any of the networking events at the inns then it's really useful because I need to decide which one I don't need to decide anytime soon but eventually I'm going to need to decide which one I want to go down the route of um so yeah that was put an application for that that was like beginning of last week I think um but I found out I got onto that so that's really exciting so we're going down to London can't remember when it is I feel like it's either April March or April I want to say but yeah so I had that application to put in I was preparing for this moot like crazy or trying to but I just I'll talk about this when we go through how I prepared for it because I did put time in but probably not enough time and 
I didn't really understand, but anyway, I'll get on to that. Um, this weekend I did go out for dinner with one of my friends, went to Ask Italian. Um, yeah, one of my friends who's in their final year at Uni of York, which was really nice. Um, I had a pizza with goat's cheese on, I had like rocket, tomatoes, olives, it was so good. And I, I had like half of it and then brought the rest home because... I was like, I'm not about to leave that because it was so good. We both decided we weren't going to drink. We decided to have mocktails instead, which was very nice. I had an elderflower and apple, which elderflower and apple, personally, I've never seen those two like put together, but yeah, it was really good. Like it was, it was really good. What else did I do this weekend? Oh yeah, I had ballet on Sunday, of course, which was really good. Um, it was more of like a Russian style this week, which is what I'm used to because that's sort of the style of ballet that I used to do but i think because it was russian i felt a lot more confident and comfortable in what i was doing and just like stronger which sounds really silly if you don't do ballet but if you do you'll understand what i mean but also it really helped that i had sort of my proper ballet tights and like my leotard on everything i feel like that kind of got me back into it a little bit more yeah that was just like that was really good and i felt really like challenged when we were doing pirouettes she sort of told me to push myself and try doubles she like, you can definitely do doubles abby come on yeah it just felt really like it felt good. I'm really glad I did it because I think I spent a lot of time just sitting at my desk, reading, doing work, planning what I was going to do for my research proposal, planning this moot. And I was like, do you know what? I could have so easily just not gone to ballet. And I'm so glad that I did go. I felt like I just really needed to get out of the house, but then also just move my body, have some time away from work. And it's really this perfect mix, to be honest, because as, as much as I'll say ballet is a social thing, it's not really. Like, people don't really talk at ballet. But probably not interested in the ballet thing. This is completely gone off topic. Um, yeah, this week in general, I think as well, is something I wanted to talk about, but only briefly. Um, I've made a more conscious effort to eat what my body feels like it needs. And it sounds like a really obvious thing, but it was eating disorder awareness week last week. And I think when you you can see all that on social media, it can be really difficult to not be aware of it. So I felt so much more aware of food and I didn't want to let it push me back into bad habits, like seeing all of that stuff on social media. And I think I need to focus on what I think that my body needs at each point in time of the day. And that's something that I've always been trying to work on and focus on just fueling my body in that sense. Um, it just sometimes it can be a lot harder to do but to be honest I having a goal in mind that I really want to achieve and perhaps feeling like I can get there with stuff I've been doing such as like the barrister events and the meeting I'm almost reminded of how important it is that I do feel my body and I think it's gonna sound a bit weird but like having having that and then I also had some snapchat memories from when I was in like a really bad place came up as well this week and it just sort of reminded me of how far I've come and how important it is I stay on track. And yeah, I don't know. I think I've just been thinking about it because it was Eating Disorder Awareness Week and it's just made me more aware of it. Um, it's never a straightforward thing. Like no mental illnesses, no eating disorder is just easy. I just try and take each day as it comes with that, I think. Which is hard because I love control and I like to know where my life is going. But I think with that aspect, I need to learn just to let go of it and just you know take each day as it comes but that's just something i want to say you know like i think eating sort of awareness week is great because sort of the main focus was on increasing the training that gps get on eating disorders and i think that's really important but it can't be understated the fact that it comes with a lot of a lot of people like share stuff on there and i think it's really good that people share their stories but it can be really triggering for people who are in recovery even not in recovery or I've come out the other side of recovery. I think it can be really difficult and can have the potential to push people into bad places. So being aware of it is like a is like a good thing. And I think that this week I've actually done a really good job of staying on top of my food. 
like some weeks I'll sort of slip off on a few days but like over the past week I've actually had three meals a day which I'm really proud of such a small thing to be proud of but I'm proud of myself for doing that anyway that was a massive tangent I didn't intend to talk about that so much but anyway I it kind of links with the mood I think potentially you know getting involved with things to do with law kind of reminding me of where I'm going with my life and how important it is so I am going to get on we're talking about the moot so probably start with what a moot actually is because I know when I talk about it to uh, people in my flat who don't do law um a lot of the time they're sort of like oh what is a moot <laughs> like what actually is it um so if you're a law student you'll know what a moot is because you do it in law school and like law societies will often do it and we do compete against other universities but I have not taken part in one of those and I probably won't until next year now but it's kind of like a mock trial or like an arbitration kind of thing but we're really lucky in York law school because we have a mock court within the actual building which is so cool because it actually makes it feel like you're in court when you go and do a moot but you get given a scenario like a problem question or and you have to argue a point that you're given so you'll be allocated which point of appeal or whatever or like what argument you're going to be making um so either for the respondent or the appellant you'll have like senior counsel and like junior counsel for each one so there's normally four people who do it so it'll be senior appellant senior respondent junior respondent junior appellant is like the order that we had it in last night and then you just have to prepare a submission so you prepare like an argument and present it to a judge obviously it won't be a real judge it's normally just like the head of the bar and the master or mistress of moots who will sit there and will judge it and come to an outcome but it can it comes across really scary and i think that's why they did this first year moot and it was it was really good they let like everyone who wanted to do it take part in it which was really good um so there was more than four of us we basically did two runs like two and a half moots if that makes sense so there was let me do the maths for a 10. There was 10 of us who did it. So that worked out quite well. It was quite nice to hear everyone else's arguments and like points that they were putting forward. Yeah, that's kind of like the overview of what a moot is. Just kind of arguing. I think probably what's important to say is you're arguing on points of law more than anything, but also on like oral communication and presentation. So you have got to speak as if you are in court. So you have the whole, my lady, my lord, or like your honour, depending on which court you're in. That whole side of it was quite daunting, to be honest, like having to having to deal with the formalities. But the actual point of law was also hard. So, um, yeah, anyway, I'll outline what our problem was about. So our problem was land law and it was about a like a tower, like a crane being put up and the top bit. So the jib was like hanging over someone else's land. So that's a trespass. Sort of the court in the first instance sort of put an injunction in and we were sort of having to go against saying that there shouldn't be an injunction, it should be damages instead or if there should be an injunction and then no damages or like how the damages should be calculated. So senior counsel were arguing either for the injunction or against the injunction and then junior were arguing how the damages should be calculated. So I was on senior appellant so I was arguing against the injunction which was so hard because I didn't know where to start. Um, I was like, I don't really know what I'm supposed to be arguing at this point because arguably there should be an injunction or the case law pointed to there being an injunction. Anyway, I started off reading the problem and reading what I was going to be arguing because um, like, I probably read it about six times because I felt the need to really understand what I was going to be arguing. So I, I wrote down on paper because I can type up problem problems, but like my main thing is to actually handwrite it and I'll learn it better. So I was just like writing notes where I understood what I was doing and found like the relevant sections that applied to my side of the case 
and also found the cases that my side were going to be relying on. There was like one, one or two paragraphs I had to use. Uh, I was reading it and I was like, oh no, I can tell it's going to be really difficult. I just knew. I was like, oh god, I like land law. Like I really like land law, but I think that was really, really hard. It was so hard. Anyway, I found the cases that I was like relying on and read those. And when I say read them, I didn't read all of them like the whole thing because the main the main case is a case called Fen Tigers and it was 63 pages long and I was like really I'm not gonna read it it's just not gonna happen so I just like skim read it and read like the key sections because in the paragraph within the scenario we were given there was spe- like specific paragraphs from certain judges that we should look at so I looked at those first and sort of realized okay this is the route I'm gonna have to go down but it was it was really hard the topic was really hard and actually last night um the people running it did say that it was a really difficult problem and it was quite harsh because we had to like distinguish between nuisance and trespass and because we're first year we haven't done nuisance we don't do nuisance until second year and we've only just done like a little bit on trespass like not not a lot so not only were we having to learn how to actually moot and how to research it and how to actually put together a submission, we were having to actually research the law itself as well and try to get our head get our heads around that. And we didn't have the lectures to go back and look at because obviously we haven't we haven't been to any lectures of it because we haven't been taught it yet. So it was just it was really difficult. But I think a lot of us were sort of a bit stuck on where to look. So I went to the Q and A session which they did, which I think. They don't normally do that as such. It was more just because it was a first year meet and got some clarification on like where to be looking and what I needed to do. And it was that we needed to find a distinction between trespass and nuisance, but also look at like how you can go against an injunction, which was really fun to try and find because I really struggled to find anything on that. Because most of the time it depends on the right that's been breached. And because it's trespass, that's like a massive right that's been breached because that's kind of one of the biggest rights you have as a landowner is the rights over the title. So if anyone trespasses, you know, it's quite a big breach. And the only way you can really go in against an injunction is by saying that the breach was small. So while it was like a small breach in a sense of like it didn't affect like the landowner that much, the actual right is quite a big right. So kind of made my argument quite pointless but anyway yeah it it was it was very complicated and I don't think it helped that our PBL research for the week was also land law and it was also about like breach of covenants and how like an injunction can work with that so I think I got really confused and was sort of mixing up the cases the Q&A session was really good because we sort of sort of split in half so one was questions about the actual law and one was about the actual meat itself. So on like questions of law, it was good just the like, clarification of what I was actually meant to be looking at, which is always good. And that's when I sort of worked out that I was looking in the right direction. It was just really difficult to find any case law to support my argument. And then when it came to the actual looking at the mooting side of things, that was useful in terms of skeleton argument and bundle and as well as sort of what to actually say during your submission. So skeleton argument is basically a a document that you send over to the judge before you take part in the moot which just outlines what side you're arguing and what your submissions are going to be so you get one main side so i was there arguing against the injunction and then i split that down into a number of submissions so you can normally have they say to have between like two and five normally but i had two i feel like you can't really have more than two to be honest because it's like two or three because we only had 10 minutes to speak i don't think you can really speak for 10 like speak through five 
of these submissions in 10 minutes it would just these submissions would be really short and really weak but I don't know maybe maybe if we can do it in a concise manner then it would be fine but I anyway I had three originally and then one of them was just so rubbish that I had to get rid of it I honestly was looking at it and I was like I can't say this it's so irrelevant and so obviously doesn't really apply that I can't I can't go up there and say it so I just scrapped that got it out and just had two so that's a skeleton like the skeleton argument and you also at the bottom you'll put in the cases that you're citing just so you know sort of what you're going to be using um and you have to be yeah, you send that the day before and then the bundle is basically where you have all of your all of the cases you're going to be referring to you copy them into this document um with page numbers on title of it and like you highlight the key section you're going to be using so in depending on the moot you do some moots like the judges will want you to do the full case copied over and some will just want you to do like the few pages you're going to be referring to to say for most of mine i was just referring to a couple of lines or like a paragraph what i do is i just copy that whole page because then they know what page they're on and they've got like, the bits before and the bits after the bit that i'm using um putting together the bundle was probably the easiest bit actually because you're just sort of copying and pasting over the the case and then highlighting it and I really enjoyed the highlighting it. <laughs> the colour coding was so fun for me. Um, so then my submission, when you're actually saying it to the court during the actual moot, what you do is you sort of say, if I can just refer to your honour to this page of the senior palette bundle, see specifically the pink highlighted section. So yeah, you can sort of have a bit of fun with the colour coding, or at least that's as fun as it gets, maybe. But I found that bit quite fun. And you hand that in normally either the day before or like on the day. For us, they said on the day is completely fine. Um, but I handed it in the day before because I just wanted to get it out of the way. So that's like the two main documents that you have to hand in for a moot before. And you do get marked on those. So how you fill them out, you get feedback on that as well. I think it's really important how the bundle is because because you're using that in the moot, if you do it, in a way that's not user friendly then you're going to lose marks because you're going to lose time as well because the judge is not going to be able to find what section you're talking about so if you just lay it out so clearly and having these colors works to so if you have each part you're using as a different color it's so easy for them to find because they know they're looking for the page number but they're also just looking for like the green section for example it's so much easier um, for them to be able to see uh, so that's like a that's a piece of advice we got from the q a um, before we did the moot is just like really make sure that the bundle is easy to use uh, and then when it comes to writing the actual submission it's how you present it so you have to be really really polite like really polite and actually i noticed when i came back from the moot <laughs> i kept wanting to to almost like be in this like court speech and i was like oh my gosh what am i doing but yeah you kind of have to just get into that mindset of being like extra polite and how you address how you address the judges is really important depending also it changes depending on which court you're in because we're in court of appeal and i think it was oh no which one was it? i'm gonna mess this up i'm definitely gonna mess this up i think it was queen's bench oh, i'm not gonna get the document up but anyway we had to address them as my lord and my lady but because it was international women's day when we did it we were like we're just gonna do my lady because so we were like okay well, normally in a court you'd be like my lord and my lady but actually we're just gonna go with my lady empowerment to women and all of that <laughs> but it was quite yeah that bit was like there probably if something that i need to work on was actually when you're addressing the judge how you do that because it feels really unnatural it, it feels so unnatural when you're doing it but i feel like maybe with practice it would come it would come more naturally so that's kind of like 
the main bit I got from the Q&A. Uh, putting together the submission, I think, was really difficult. I found it really difficult because I didn't really know what I was arguing. I felt like I didn't have a point to what I was saying at all. Like, there was no... I really was not convinced by my own argument. And that's kind of a problem because to be convincing, I feel like you need to kind of believe what you're saying or at least know what you're saying could be believable. But I just didn't feel like mine could have been believable. So I found that really difficult to actually know what to say in the submission to make my point so I ended up going down the point of um firstly that the injunction would be like oppressive on the appellant and therefore wouldn't make sense like it shouldn't go forward that was my first submission my second submission was that the damages that she suffered which there wasn't really any damages suffered should be could easily be calculated in a monetary sense and an injunction wouldn't actually solve the problem as such like it would be very easy be a lot easier for her just to be compensated for the lack of consideration made by the appellant that could easily be financially fixed which <laughs> is not very good arguments I'm not gonna lie but I think when I was talking to other people who argue on the same side as me we were all in the same position we were like there's just what can you even say we were like, there's actually no there's no argument here because there should be an injunction and it ended up being last night that they decided that yeah the injunction would go ahead because it should like argue it really should maybe when I actually learn about it next year and actually look at it in more detail, I might actually be able to form an argument. I'll look back on this and be like, why didn't I say this? Why didn't I use this as an argument? But I think I kind of missed the main point of... Um, I should have focused more, what I mean. Like I, I really should have focused more on differentiation between nuisance and trespass. And that's something I definitely missed. But anyway, it was all for the experience. And I actually really enjoyed doing it. So... Getting on to how the actual meet went last night, I really enjoyed doing it. It was really like nice to see everyone being able to do it because there was actually quite a lot of us and they were saying that normally the first years don't really take part in the moots as much but there was quite a lot of us there and um, yeah, it was just nice to see everyone getting involved and sort of being supportive of each other because like, law can be quite a competitive environment but actually last night everyone was quite supportive of each other and everyone's like, oh, you did a really good job, like, well done. That was like a really good submission because everyone was so aware that it was a quite a hard topic and quite a hard problem to actually be able to argue so we were all really sort of trying to push each other up and like push each other forwards with it and I really enjoyed listening to other people's submissions and I'd been to listen to some of the other moots before in the past too and that kind of meant that I was um I picked up quite a lot of stylistic features from other people as well which is also something really good just to go and listen to the other moots and sort of pick up how other people do it so like before I went up and did it I felt really nervous and then when it actually came to getting up there I suddenly didn't feel that nervous anymore and I think that actually doing the hustings on the Friday really helped because it meant I felt a little bit more confident in speaking in front of people again so I've never been the sort of person to be nervous about speaking in front of other people or like a group of people because I've always enjoyed drama for example and that kind of thing so talking in front of people is, has never been a big fear but I think because over summer and because last year with Covid I hadn't really done that on a larger scale or in front of anyone really other than my classes I hadn't really done that and it felt quite scary but then doing the hustings in front of all those people especially people who were in like second and third year I suddenly felt you know what I can do this it's not that scary and sort of get getting back into it so I didn't don't think I felt as scared last night to actually do the speaking I was more nervous because I knew my argument was really really bad <laughs> I think that's definitely the main thing like I wasn't worried about the speaking as such I was just so so aware that my argument was rubbish um 
I'm saying it's rubbish. I feel like it could have been worse. Could have been better, could have been worse. And that's something I think I've learned in terms of preparation for the meet is to really take more time to actually understand what your point is because one of the main things with a moot and you do get marked on this is on your response to judicial intervention so that's just where the judge can stop you at any point and just ask you for clarification or ask you a question about something i had two judicial interventions the first one was fine i think i handled that one quite well and was able to just respond to that because i feel like i understood that section of what i was saying really well to the point where any question on it was fine the second one threw me off completely because within my second submission I had like two points within that and it was on one of the main point the question was about why that was relevant and then I sort of said why I thought it was relevant and then it was like well no that's not actually relevant so in that situation you just have to be okay well in that case I'll just move on to my, my second point in that and that threw me off so much because then I tried to find where my second point was in my document and I couldn't find it and I just got really lost as to where I was like it made me lose my place And I think that's the problem with scripting it. So I didn't script it completely. Like I didn't have it word for word. But how I set it out on the page made it really difficult for me to actually follow it when there was judicial intervention. So that's something I've definitely learned is in terms of how I actually structure it. And I think it might actually be better to use a table for each point, for each submission and for each point within my submission. So that if I get a question on a specific point within the submission, I can see exactly what I'm talking about but then also if it comes to the point where I need to not talk about that I can easily just skip past it and go on to the next one because that was a big issue and then I was so aware that I was running out of time as well because that's the main thing with judicial intervention is that when they ask you something your time continues so the longer you take to think about what you're saying and to respond to their question or to respond to their statement even, the less time you have to actually complete your full submission. So I think because when I practised it at home, my main submission was actually 10 minutes long anyway, that was probably way too long. Because realistically, because you need to allow time, one, to let them find the section, the bundle that you're talking about, because that can sometimes take more time, and for them to actually read it. So the sections you use need to be quite small because they need to actually be able to read it within the 10 minutes you've given them. But then also to allow time for judicial intervention. And I didn't quite anticipate how long that can take sometimes. So I did end up missing the second point within my second submission. Um, I ended up missing quite a lot of that and having to go to my concluding statement quite quickly. So this is all like good stuff, I think. You won't, you wouldn't know a lot of this stuff unless you'd done it. And like, I'm really glad that I did do it. So I, I could actually feel what it was like to stand there and present as well as feel what it was like to have the judicial intervention and how that can actually, it can really sort of move how, where you're, what you're thinking, what you're doing. Um, but that was really good practice, I think, like being able to respond to it. But overall, I think like I, I'm really happy with how it went. Um, but that's kind of like the overview of my first meet. So it was quite exciting. It was a lot of like research. I think I definitely should have put more time into it. But that was how I prepared for my first meet and how my first meet actually went. I'm not going to go on about it. That is where I'm going to leave this episode. I'm so aware this episode's going to be really long. Um, just going to say it again. Go listen to those songs I suggested because they're really good. But thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a good rest of your day and a good rest of your week. And I will speak to you again when I decide to record another episode, but I'm not going to promise when that's going to be.